I find teaching to be very uh, inspiring, learning from and working with uh, young creatives who generally have uh, not the level of cynicism that I have now. Welcome to Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Klein, coming to you from the unceded territory of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, otherwise known as beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Last episode, award-winning writer-director Connor Gaston shared the joys and challenges of growing up in a household of writers, adapting his own father's novel, collaborating with his brother Vaughn, directing children, and bouncing back when something doesn't work. But there was so much more fascinating stuff that he shared. Welcome to part two of Push-In's interview with the amazing, talented Connor Gaston. Connor's films have screened in prestigious festivals around the world, including TIFF, Busan, Sapporo, Sedona, Newport Beach, Whistler, and Vancouver Film Festivals. Along the way, winning multiple Leos and other awards, including a Grand Prix in Paris's Coup d'Avance Short Film Festival. He won the BC Emerging Filmmaker Award at Vancouver International Film Festival, graduated from Norman Jewison's Canadian Film Center, and was a graduate of the 2017 TIFF Talent Lab. He currently teaches at the Vancouver Film School. So, hey, Connor, I'm so glad we finally got you on Push In. Hi, Joyce. Thanks for having me. Scene one. Your feature film, The Devout, was about an evangelical father who becomes convinced that his little daughter is the reincarnation of one of the astronauts who died in the Apollo 1 fire. Till Death is about a young boy trying to bring his dead childhood sweetheart back to life. Bardo Light is a fantasy crime drama based on the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Both The Cameraman and Cameraman 2 deal with brothers kind of haunted by the fear that they've inherited their father's fatal Huntington's disease. Am I detecting a pattern here? If you want to be detecting one, uh, <laughs> not by design. I'm not like, let's tell stories about dead kids or anything like that. I'm just wondering why this life and death situation is so fascinating. I don't know who doesn't find death interesting or compelling in some way if anything it's like a very easy way of making a film compelling but to be more specific i suppose growing up i was terrified of death but i grew up in a, a buddhist household both my parents are are buddhist and they met during a vow of silence in boulder colorado and so i i grew up in that philosophy and being the parents that they are they asked me if i had a past life when i was just learned to speak and apparently I, I i spoke about how i had a black dog and i fell off a roof and reincarnation i thought was not kind of an untapped idea that we don't see enough of in film it felt like a interesting fodder for for drama and uh that was the inspiration essentially for the first for the devout the first feature scene two in this country it's tough enough for a filmmaker to actually pull off making a feature film. But once they've leapt over that gigantic hurdle, then what? That's my question. The Devout did, did well for a micro-budget first feature. And I'm proud of what we could accomplish with the budget and I guess experience level, at least from my end, because that was my film school, frankly. But to answer your question more directly, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I was told before 
that making your your first feature is easy, making your second feature is much more difficult. The saying is true, I think. You know, the devout was moderately successful and definitely for its budget level successful, I think, but it's been very hard. It's been almost 10 years and uh, without, not without trying to get the second one off the ground, but it's uh, generally speaking, yes. I, I would love to know the answer of how to get the next one off the ground. The Cameraman was a YouTube uh, short of the week. And I'm wondering, does something like that uh, really add a lot of recognition, influence, help with funding? You know, to what extent do those things really move a career forward? A small correction that it was just, it was on short of the week, the website, which is not affiliated with YouTube. It did really well festival-wise, like you mentioned, but that was actually what got me um, attention from Hollywood and the kind of LA system that got me meetings yeah in in Hollywood and which eventually led to my entertainment lawyer and and manager in LA I was surprised how well I guess connected the website is or that it's it is really taken seriously I guess from part of the industry uh and it opened more doors than at least like in the American system than uh film festivals did so I mean I like to think that festivals aren't a thing of the past I, I don't think they are but um building your audience or finding those those connections purely through the internet is absolutely a, a model that I think is happening more and more. You've been through what are Canada's mm, probably two most prestigious film programs, the TIFF Directors Lab and Norman Jewison's Canadian Film Centre. For filmmakers that aren't really familiar with those programs, Touch base quickly on what you might have gained from each of them or what you personally gained from each of them. I mean, the short answer is that those type of programs, like they won't change your life or anything like that. I mean, I'm very thankful to both of the programs and uh, grateful for the experience. The biggest thing I think is just the connections you gain. And I still have many friends in Toronto and around the world, frankly, that I can, you know, still keep in touch with and share projects with. Scene three. So you recently moved to Vancouver and uh, you're now teaching at the Vancouver Film School. How are you finding that? I love it. It's a really multicultural school. Students from all over the world come, which is terrific. Just to kind of see different perspectives on film and their you know, unique approaches to uh, filmmaking. It's It's been a bit of a whirlwind, uh, but I, I'm having a blast. Do you find that teaching in any way affects your filmmaking? I find teaching to be very uh, inspiring, uh, learning from and working with uh, young creatives who generally have uh, not the level of cynicism that I have now, mostly <laughs> optimism. It's, it's, it's inspiring and... Um, very engaging, but at the same time, it is kind of flexing the same muscle as working on your own material. So if I'm reading, you know, and workshopping five scripts a day, it's uh, very much the same muscle as working on my own script. So it can be kind of exhausting in that sense. That's why I go back to being a mailman and thinking that's not so bad, getting your steps and leaving your entire brain and creativity uh, for yourself, but um, but no. I, overall, I, I'm I'm very I feel again just very lucky to be working 
in some capacity in the arts and uh, hopefully being helpful to young directors. Scene four. So do you have a dream for an ideal project that you would love to do? Uh, yeah, the next one. <laughs> the dream ideal project is the next project, no matter what that is. More specifically, I'm shooting a short film in, in April. I've applied for a grant, but with or without it, I'm going to shoot it just to, uh, again, flex that muscle of, of filmmaking and uh, not falling into the trap of teaching my whole life, fingers crossed, as much as I enjoy teaching. But like the, the dream project is, is probably Litter, which is a, a script I wrote years ago that placed really high in the Nickel Fellowship, which is a top screenwriting competition through the Oscar Academy that it got me into the TIFF uh, Writers Lab. And I read it again recently, and I think it's just, I'd love to make it. It's something that feels bigger than a low-budget production, so I think it would have to be the third or fourth feature if I'm ever so lucky to make the second. But that's kind of the dream project um, at this point. Tail Slate. Wow, thank you so much, Connor. That was super inspiring. Good luck with all your future projects. Thanks, Joyce. And that's a wrap. You can find links to Connor and his films in the show notes, and you can help promote the talented filmmakers we feature by liking, subscribing, or five-star rating us so others can find their interviews more easily. That's it for now. Join me, your host, Joyce Klein, for the next episode of Push In, the Cinevic Podcast.